Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show. What is your biggest question or concern about this current Raiders roster as it stands today? That's one of the questions we're asking you. Also asking about Darren Waller returning to practice today. Also found out his new representation is Drew Rosenhaus. He returned to practice. He looked good from the window of opportunity that I had to see him. Put out a couple videos on Twitter. At your boy Q254 at RNR920 AM. You want to go ahead and check those out. How excited are you about Waller returning to practice? And do you think something gets done with his contract situation sooner rather than later? Got a quick text from Cisco from the Bay. Excited for this secondary. Team Letty Mullen go tells me they think Hobbs is really him. Expect big things from our safeties, too. And, Damon, I don't know how long ago we started talking about Nate Hobbs. But in this training camp, I mean, were we not talking about the potential of that dude and how much we think he has a chance to grow from what we saw from him last year, his rookie year, which was really good, to even better this upcoming year? I want to say as soon as the season ended, (laughs) we were already, hey, this next season for Nate Hobbs is going to be that season. And man, we remember it was that early typo. It was I think they had him at listed at safety, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was an accident. But that that right there got all the speculation started on where could they play him on this team? And I know it's only been from the nickel to the outside, but I feel like that they should just match him up and just be like, hey, whoever their best receiver is, just go follow him. Devontae Adams going up against him every day in training camp has only made him that so only made him that much better. And I can't wait to see him in the regular season. I agree. I agree. I think Nate Hobbs is going to be really sticking good. I think him, uh, obviously Anthony Averett, who didn't do a lot during training camp, obviously he did enough to hold on to a spot. Sam Webb, we've talked about him. We'll talk about him more coming up in about 27 minutes from now. Uh, he obviously did enough as well to prove that, you know what, that Trayvon Mullen guy doesn't quite fit with what we want to do. We have an opportunity to go ahead and move him, and uh, we feel comfortable with what we have moving forward. So uh, that's, that goes a long way. So Cisco from the Bay, I appreciate that. That text. Uh, also, Mailman Raider Max said, Billy King started the touchdown Raiders call. Greg Papa adopted it. Jason Horowitz needs to bring it back. And Billy King was fantastic, right? He had plenty of different great pl- calls. And Greg Papa did his thing, and he's told his story of, of all the different people that he kind of, you know, morphed fr- everything from. Um, I, I just I don't know how authentic it would feel if Jason Horowitz all of a sudden started doing the, the touchdown Raiders and, and tried to sound like, Greg Papa, because I think a lot of people would say exactly what I just said. Why is he trying to sound like Greg Papa, right? That, I, I, and that's just me. I could be wrong. But I, I just, that's, that's, I've never wanted to, and this is just me personally. Again, I can only speak for myself. I've never wanted anyone to say, oh, Q sounds like so-and-so, or Q's trying to sound like so-and-so. I don't ever want to sound like anyone else, because then that's not me authentically. And I know there's greats, and I've learned a lot in this radio business from a lot of greats, but I never want to sound like them. I always want to sound like me. And if that's my biggest flaw, that, well, Q sounds like him, then I'll, I can live with that, right? So I think that that would be a mistake on Jason's part, especially he's ushering in, and he just texted me and said how much fun he's having being a part of Raider Nation and being a part of this. He just literally texted me during the commercial break. And I told him in response, hey, man, you've got a chance to do something special. You're a young dude. This organization is in a new chapter of, of, of their existence, and it looks like it could be a really good chapter. 
It looks like this has an opportunity. Think about this. You know, the Raiders have been in Oakland. They went to L.A., been back to Oakland. Now they're in Las Vegas. It's, an, it's, a, new, it's a new beginning. We all knew Brent Musburger wasn't going to be the guy for long. He was just there for now. Jason Horowitz has an opportunity to be the guy for a very long time. He's a young dude. He's very young and energetic and kind of carve out his own name for himself. You know, like, let me give you an example real quick, then we'll go to Fargo Raider. Like, JT the Brick. I've been listening to JT the Brick for years. I used to drive to the Coliseum listening to him on the pregame show, right? See him on the sidelines. All that. I, I used to listen to JT for years, but I would never try to sound like JT because that's who JT is. So I want to be me, and I would never encourage someone else to try to sound like me because it's just not authentic. We all are different, and I think that's what makes us special is our different personalities and our different, different deliveries. DeMond has his own style. I can appreciate that, right? I mean, you're, you're very, very much your own person. Yeah, and real quick, Jason, he mentioned it on our show earlier on one of his earlier appearances. Touchdown Raiders, it became iconic in the Raider, you know, broadcast. Yeah. But it's such a simple two words where it's like, oh, his touchdown phrase, touchdown Raiders isn't something that you had to be in the lab and get a, get like a, you know, a scout team for, you know, an investment right. of like, all right, well, let's get some polls going. Right. It just became it that. Just, it became, it became great because where it came from, you know, and, and as Mailman Raider Max said, you know, Billy King, even Greg Papa said it had a little bit to do with the Kansas City call. You know, if you listen to the Kansas City Chiefs and their broadcast, they always, you know, touchdown, Kansas City, right? I mean, and so it's, it's, it's very similar. I like the fact that Jason's trying to be his own dude. I think that's the best way to go. Now, that's just my opinion. <laughs> I don't speak for everybody. I just speak for me. I also don't speak for Fargo Raider. He's up next. Welcome to the show, Fargo. Hey, Q and DeMond, thank you for taking my call. I know it's been a little bit. Um, I'm going to start off with the actual topic. So... You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna keep beating the dead horse until, you know, we don't need to beat it no more. The only real concern I can see right now is the offensive line, just because we don't know. We haven't seen a steady group of guys play it, but I'm sure they got something in the works. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and, you know, doom and gloom because offensive line in a one. How many teams in the NFL got an a one defense or uh, offensive line? Not many. You may do what you can get. You get a couple of guys that can anchor the offensive line, and you work from there. We got ourselves a guy in a Colton Miller that can anchor that side of the line, and from there on, we can make it work. Andre James is improving. We'll find pieces as we can. Now, getting to um, – you guys are talking about Trayvon or uh, Hobbs. Man, yeah. I've been high on Hobbs since we got him. Dude just showed up, and he acted like he belonged and right. then proved it. And, I mean, that's all you can ask for from a guy who wasn't even drafted in the high round. You know, we all give grief to the guys that came before for not, you know, missing all these first-round picks. Yeah, you miss those first-round picks, but you do get some solid guys behind that. It, you got I got to count for something. We can't just sit there and praise Gruden for the good picks and then lay all the bad on Mayock. They both had a hand to play. It is what it is. And then as far as, as, as the call... Man, how many times you show up to a job and there's already a hater in the back like, oh, I don't like how he's putting stuff away. Come on, man. Let the man get his bearings. <laughs> let, him find his, let him find his groove. I, I don't need him to be Brent Musburger. Brent Musburger acted like a salty old ex when we played them in a preseason game last season. Come on, man. Are you going to be a, a whole lifetime of a Raider and then do us like that? Couldn't even give us one call. I don't care to hear it. 
if it ain't coming from the heart. So let him build it from the heart, however he thinks it needs to come. He ain't Brent Musburger. He ain't Papa. I meant Papa, my bad. It's all good. Let, let, him, let him do his thing. Soon enough, he'll come with his own term. You know, I'm all for him and his daughter chanting out that touchdown Raiders. <laughs> what's, up, what's up with that? It's a family affair. This is the Raider Nation. We're a family. We're lifestyle people. You guys have a good one. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, great stuff, man. Appreciate you, Fargo. And, yeah, he showed me the video that his daughter did on his phone, and or it's on his phone, and she literally says, like, three, two, one, touchdown Raiders! Like, I mean, it's just, or a touchdown or whatever, however she says it, but it's great. And it would be so funny if it was up on the Jumbotron, like, every time that happened, like, he, you know, it, it would be funny. It would take a lot of work, but it would be kind of cool. Uh, so I would have I would have no problem with that. And, again, I, I've said it many times. You don't have to hear from me anymore. He, he He's going to find his call when he finds his call. Speaking of calls, man, had an opportunity to catch up with Tim Brown on Friday. This is one of the many Raider alumni that was in the building for that final preseason game. It's always great to catch up with Touchdown Tim Brown. I know he was on the morning tailgate show with Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, and Vinny Bonsignor, but we also had a few minutes to catch up with Timmy. Here was that conversation. What it does is is it eliminates every excuse that uh, a team could possibly have. You know, you have a guy like Devontae out there. You got a quarterback like you have with with Derek. You have, you know, uh, the defense that you have with Chandler and, of course, our wild man, Mad Max. Um, Man, it's time to go get it done, bro. You know, I mean, look, in my, you know, 16 years with the Raiders, you know, when it was about the guys in the locker room, we did. We played well. Got to the playoffs. When it was about everything else going around, going around the coaches and excuse me and all that, then then it was problematic. But as far as I know, as far as I can see, it's all about the guys in the locker room. So let's go get it done. All right, you know, you hear a, once a Raider, always a Raider. Uh, what's that you know phrase mean to you? Well, you know, I mean, I played more games here than anybody, right? So, I mean, it's maybe, maybe, you know, for me, it's a little different than a guy who only played here for a couple of games and they still invite him back for this deal, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I think I don't have a choice, you know. I mean, some people around even call me Mr. Raider, not why Jim Otto is around. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, you know, I, I think for me, it, it certainly means something totally different. You know, I, I feel as if I hold the banner for this place, every, every place I go, everything I do. So, um, you know, wherever I go, I can't get away from it. You know what I mean? I played for Tampa one yet. They don't care about that. You know what I mean, <laughs> all people care about is this. So that's that's what it's all about. Caught your hundredth touchdown pass with Tampa Bay. I did against the Raiders. Yeah. Oddly enough, I remember you know that mean? game. Yeah, in know. Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's it's funny how life comes back, and uh, it was great for Mister Davis. So he needs to see that. He needs to see. That. <laughs> Tim, I've been asking the other guys this. You know. From Oakland to LA, back to Oakland to Vegas. The one word that's rung true is brotherhood. We hear the young guys on this squad use it that there's something to the history of this team, brotherhood. When you hear those two words, Raiders and brother, in the same sentence, your definition of what that means. Well, look, you know, you can say those words, and to you guys, it means something totally different than what it means for us. You know, I think when you play for this franchise, you understand that it's you versus the world. You know, you understand that for a time there, the league seemingly had something to get this this franchise. I'm not saying they did, but it sure looked like they did. And, you know, I think once you go through that, you realize the only way we're going to get this thing done is we got to be tight. 
we we got to treat each other like family, like we are brothers, and that's how we got to go out and play this game. Because if we don't, any slip, they're gonna get in there, they're gonna take advantage of it, we're gonna be out the deal. So I mean. You know, I think from that standpoint, man, you know, when we say brotherhood here, for the guys who played here, especially some meaningful years, it means a lot. It means a lot. Just, you know, not just saying, hey, you're part of the brotherhood, but, you know, understand what that really means. Because uh, sometimes in that locker room, man, it can be dark, dark looking days and, you know, you got to find a way to get through it. And, you know, looking at your brother, he's saying we got it. Right. Makes it makes a difference sometimes. Tim, it took you a while to get into the Hall of Fame. It took too long, but it took even longer for Cliff Branch. What did you think when you finally saw him in Enshrined Forever and Candle? You know, I just just sad. I'm sad, man. To be honest with you, you know, I know we should be happy, but I'm not because I know how much Cliff would have enjoyed, right? You know, the presentation and everything that was done on on his behalf. You know, when I came in our league in '88, they were talking about putting Cliff in. Right. You know, Fred had just gone in, I believe, and. Um, and everybody was saying Cliff would be next. And uh, it's really a shame that, you know, uh, a guy uh, of, of his stature in this league who did the things he did during his time, you know, didn't, didn't get the recognition while he was on his hurt. But I'm happy that his name will be there. But, man, it, it's really, really sad that, you know, Cliff is a party guy, man. He yeah, was a yeah, party yeah. guy. You know, he was all about it. So the life of the party. So I can't even imagine. You know, we had a great time at his event, but, yeah. my God, how, how much better would it have been if he would have been there? Could you imagine that party with Diana Ross and Cliff Branch? There? He would have been up there with her the whole time. <laughs> they would have to have security on the stage for her, for him, because he would have been up there. Ain't no doubt about that. Tim Brown, the great Tim Brown, the Hall of Famer, who was talking about Cliff Branch, what he would have done at that party for him. And I guarantee he would have had a hell of a time, and Diana Ross did not disappoint anybody. Diana Ross was fantastic. Mark Davis, again, tipped the cap to him for the party that he threw for his best friend, Cliff Branch in Canton, Ohio, celebrating his enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And you heard Tim Brown and you heard Marcus Allen yesterday. You know, hey, it was, it was great to see him finally get in, but it was sad because it took so stinking long for him to get his recognition, just like Kenny the Snake Stabler took way too long. Hate for it to happen like that. We know it does, but at least Cliff Branch is now enshrined forever in Canton, Ohio. 315 is the time we'll come back. Got a ton of text messages to get to, and then we'll get to Tommy Rajak from, at 330, talking all things from Missouri Western side of things when it comes to Sam Webb. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Tommy Rajak, radio voice of the Missouri Western Griffins, will join us at 330. Talk all things Sam Webb. That's the D2 school, by the way where Sam Webb came from, current member of the Raiders 53-man roster. So we'll get, we'll get all the insights from, uh, from Tommy about Sam Webb coming up at 3.30 and how big a deal that is to make it from D2 to the NFL. And they have a couple alumni that are in the league, so it's not like this is the first time it's ever happened, but that's still a hell of an achievement. But right now, I want to hit the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r got tons of text messages to get to. Also, the phone lines are wide open like some old-school TV antennas at 702-365-9200. Side note, has nothing to do with the Raiders, but uh, Serena Williams is going to be in action again later on. So I'm excited about that. Coming up in about, uh, I don't know, probably about 40-something minutes. Should be in action. Round two. Looking forward to it. Got a text from Raider Chavez, 916. I was at the game. Tim Brown caught that touchdown pass against the Raiders, number 100. We all got up and cheered like he did it for the Raiders, one of my all-time favorite players. And uh, that's from Raider Chavez, 916. And I was too, brother. I was at that game. Me, Mama Q, Little Q. Uh, baby mama of Q, <laughs> we were we were all there. <laughs> we were all there. <laughs> it just didn't have.
had the same ring to it. <laughs> she was there. Yeah, yeah. I guess I. Well, never mind. But anyway, yeah, we were there. We were on the uh, on the Tampa Bay or the you know Mount Davis side. Let's put it like that. When Mount Davis was a thing, we were on that Mount Davis side, and that was the day that I I got my disdain and my my hatred for fantasy football because the Raiders blew out Tampa Bay that day. I mean, they beat the brakes off them. Phillip Buchanan took one to the house, uh, had a pick six. It was great. Uh, but, yeah, uh, some dude, man, I don't know who it was that caught a, a pass. And I know, DeMond, you've looked it up a couple times, but there was a tight end for Tampa Bay. He caught a pass, and all of a sudden he had, like, a big game, and some dude stood up and was like, yeah, yeah, that's my tight end. That's my tight end. And I looked at him like, sit your ass down, man. Look at the scoreboard. Get the brakes beat off you. He's on my fantasy team. Well, that right then. That's all I needed to hear, and I was done. With fantasy football. I never really started with fantasy football, but I was really done after that. Also got a text from Just Win Wendy. Please, Raider Nation, be patient with Jason Horowitz. Let him try out a bunch of calls and come up with his own. Might not even be the season. He's doing great on all his radio calls and game analysis. I'm enjoying his style and how well he meshes with Lincoln. Again, that's from Just Win Wendy. And that was, that was basically what I was saying. She just said it better. You know, just... I think things that happen organically are the best. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Just win, Wendy. Thank you for that uh, text. It's always good to hear from you. Uh, Fabian said, unnecessary roughness. Q and DeMond, I hate that Kansas City touchdown call. Yeah, uh, I understand. And I think that we as a Raider Nation hear it too many times, right? So hopefully this year you won't hear it very often. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of those calls that it just kind of gets in your, under your skin, right? That's just kind of what they do. Uh, Big Dub Raider said, I think the texture is saying that touchdown Raider in Jason's own way uh, not sound like Papa. Go Raiders. And I would say that maybe you're right, but that's not what he meant. Mailman Raider Max did hit us back when he was saying to, he needs to bring uh, touchdown Raiders back. And he said, sounding like Greg Papa would be an honor. So he definitely wanted him to sound like Greg Papa. And maybe that's what he chooses to do. I'm not, I'm not saying there's a right answer. Like I don't want to start a big debate over it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying there's a right answer. I'm just saying there's my answer. And my answer would be let it happen organically and whatever, whatever he comes up with or whatever happens will be fine. I'm good with that. But that's, again, that's just me. I don't, I don't want to start a big debate. I uh, always end up on the wrong end of those debates, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do that. Side note, another side note, as I see Damon, you're in the red polo today. So am I. <laughs> so am I, brother. <laughs> today is definitely a red polo day. I must, you know, I always say don't get comfortable. I must have got comfortable because I don't think I've racked, broke out the red polo in about a month. Feeling too good at training camp. Yeah, you know what? Matter of fact, I know I never wore it at training camp. So, yeah, that's, that's, it's been that long since I've had a red polo on at all. So, obviously, uh, I didn't have a little edge to me for, the, for about a month. So, that's, that's my own fault. But when I put the red polo on this morning, the wife said, ooh, it's a red polo day. Who did it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell her it was Twitter? Uh, I said now they were I, trying to come at. They were trying to come for your neck yesterday. I just said that it was it was a uh, it was uh, a bad end to the show, and I didn't have to tell her that because I'm in you know the home studio. And when she got to the house yesterday, and I was kind of on edge when she got here, uh, I think she already knew that it was uh, you know that there was something going on. And uh, the daughter downstairs was like, "Yeah, I think he's not in a good mood." So <laughs> you know now now see what happens. Now the family's affected. <laughs> That's what happens when you take your work home with you. But the only problem is that the, the work happened at the home. So, you know, you, you can't win. But I, I did walk into the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center today uh, for Josh McDaniels, and I got the red polo on, right? And uh, I, I don't know who said – somebody said something about it, and they're like, oh, cute red polo day. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely a red polo day. And then 
Case Kiefer, uh, he came in and he had a red polo day, a red polo on as well. And he said, "Oh man, me and Q were so much alike that we, we we're both wearing red polos." And uh, and then someone said, "Yeah, well, Q's reasoning is a lot different than yours." And so I had to explain to him the meaning behind the red polo. And so everything he said today, uh, Case that is, he would say something. and He had a little bit of edge to him, and he looked at me and he goes, "That was for you, Q." So like you know, now everyone knows. The theory behind the, the red polo, man, if you see me in a red polo, is a little bit extra edge to me. So I can respect you, Demond. I see you got the red polo and the matching red hat. So you got a little extra edge to you as well. Yeah, I, you, you know, it really wasn't because of that. But, yeah, I'm going to take it too. I'm going to be like, Case, I got a little, yeah, just for you, Q. Next question I ask, I'm going to put a little something on it. Had a little something in my neck, as you always like to talk about. Yes, and right. And I found him again. It was Bill Schroeder. I remember. Yeah. This is, this is the guy who ruined fantasy football for you yes. because some idiot was cheering while his team was down. How many yards did he have in that game? Do you still have it or no? I know he was he did he had a pretty decent game, but Tampa Bay got the break speed off of him. You know what? This isn't going to take too much time. I'm not even going to give you what he had for that one game. He had seven receptions for 156 yards on the season. <laughs> all right? That's how did all. he have <laughs> Wait a minute, then. How the hell did he have him on the fantasy team? What would make someone pick a guy up that only had seven total catches for the season? He just knew that that Raider game was going to be that game. Man. You remember he, there was a couple of years ago the Patriots had a guy? I think his name was Jonas Gray. Had four touchdowns in the game. Yeah. Overslept for practice. They cut him the next week. Man, right? It happens like that, man. Big facts. Big facts. Uh, got a text from the 702. just says Bill King. So that'll work. Uh, we've talked about that a few, or talked about him a few times. Brought him up. Uh, one more text. Oh, okay. Uh, Brazy in Vegas. This is the same texter. Seventeen plus four equals blackjack, or some variation for Carter Adams calls. Uh, Bill. Oh, I see what it says. It says Bill Ling. He said Bill King and uh, Mitch, uh, Rich Murata were the L.A. play-by-play. My gramps and I would listen to after Raider games. That's from Brazy in Vegas. So those texts came in in the wrong order. Uh, came in Bill King first, and then his explanation. And yeah, I've, I've seen someone. On our uh, on our Twitter account, talk about seventeen plus four blackjack and all that, and uh, and I don't remember who that was, but I remember that when we said it was, I think I said it was somebody else, and it was the wrong person, and someone texted in or called in and was like, "You're giving the wrong person credit," so I'm not gonna even go there. I'm not gonna go there, but I think you remember that, don't you, Demon? Oh, I remember that vividly because it was like actually so and so is the first person to come up with that. Right. Like whoever said it was not the first person to come up with it, and also something that Jason does that I like six the hard way. For yeah. a rushing touchdown, yeah. I think that's going to stick. Right. I can see that. Uh, there was one more, and then we'll take a quick break. Um, there was one more that I saw that was about the call. Oh, from Raiderette T. She said, I love when Jason Horowitz says TDLV. I think that's pretty cool, too. I do like that as well. So a uh, good one right there, Raiderette T. And see, look, that's his own thing. He came up with his own thing. I like that. Good stuff. 327 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Tommy Rejak will join us. He's the voice of the Missouri Western Athletics. He'll talk about Sam Webb next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got Molly Crew, Poison, Def Leppard, Joan Jett tickets September 9th at Allegiant Stadium. I got those on the way. You want to be hooked up? Want to go to that massive concert? We'll definitely be looking for caller number nine, but not just yet. Right now, on the phone lines, we're blessed to have Tommy Rajak from uh, uh, Missouri Western. He's the radio voice. And, Tommy, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Wanted to uh, get your get you on the show and talk a little Sam Webb. As he's a guy that came from Missouri Western. It's a D2 program and found his way onto the Raiders' 53-man roster. And I know there's, current, there's other guys that have made it from uh, Missouri Western into the NFL, but how big of a deal is that from, from the, uh, the Griffins' point of view, just having another guy make it to the league? 
Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on. You know, when this week began, Missouri Western football kicking off tomorrow night and kind of a busy one ahead. If you would have told me I'd be on a Raiders radio station talking about Sam Webb, I don't, <laughs> don't know if I'd have believed you or not. But, uh, no, uh, yeah, it's an honor to talk to you guys, and it, it's a cool deal. Yeah, as you mentioned, there are several other Griffins uh, in the NFL. Jonathan Owens, of course, made the Houston roster uh, yesterday. Greg Zerline, who got released by Dallas, a gr- pretty good kicker. Ultimately, yeah. he's on the Jets' 53-man roster. And then there was another one, uh, Brandon Dandridge. He was uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, came over from the CFL, got to do training camp on the same field he played as a college player, so he was waived. So that was a bummer. But, yeah, Sam Webb's been a, a legend around uh, Missouri Western. Comes from Excelsior Springs, which is a Kansas City suburb just down the road from us. And uh, had, a, I mean, just a terrific year in 2019, first-team all-conference preseason All-American last year. And, you know, you look at his numbers in 2021 and you think, well, you know, what's all the hype about? You know, only a handful of pass deflections, no interceptions. Frankly, because people just didn't throw to him. Uh, I mean, that's the bottom line. I think he kind of silently had a pretty good year uh, last year, really burst on the scene in 19. And in 2020, you know, Division Two, they didn't play any official games. You know, the MIAA, our conference, they postponed the season. But even in an unofficial game against Pittsburgh State, Sam Webb, Sam Webb had a 90-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. So the guys, you know, uh, multidimensionally, you know, I think his length and his speed uh, were his two uh, big attributes going into the combine. I mean, a 4.48 40-yard dash. I mean, that put him on the radar to a lot of others. Like, yeah, this guy's for real. You know, uh, one of only two Division two players to get a combine invite. So set himself apart there really well. And, uh, yeah, it's a cool deal, you know, this week, you know, when the rosters get decided. And, you know, there's tough choices, you know, and some guys who work really hard, they fall just short or they get cut or waived. But also, this week generates some really cool stories. And an undrafted free agent from a Division II college football program making the active roster of an AFC West team out in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's a pretty cool story. So, uh, yeah, they coached, and he was a player of current head coach Matt Williamson and just talked to Coach Willie this morning, and I know he's really pumped up. Those two stay in touch. So, yeah, it's a really cool deal. Yeah, no, it really is. And, you know, I, I asked head coach Josh McDaniels this morning about him and said, hey, what does that say about the guy? He goes from D2, he's an undrafted free agent, and he makes the 53-man roster. And they had a second-round pick uh, from a few years ago that they eventually traded, and Sam Webb is part of the reason why they did that. I mean, what makes Sam Webb tick? You know, I mean, because that's not an easy grind. And, I, I, hey, I respect any school you go to and any place that you're playing, but that's just not an easy uh, uphill battle to face going from D2 to the NFL. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's uh, not every day that you see that. And, again, I think it's just his, his frame that makes it uh, kind of rare, 6'2", 195 pounds. I think I read on the NFL Network today that he signed. I was watching the draft all day that Saturday because, honest to goodness, I think a lot of us around here felt like his name would be called. I, I, felt, I thought for sure sixth or seventh round and that he'd be called. And, honestly, what's interesting is the week of the draft, Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, who's on our station, KFEQ, he did a two-minute profile on Sam Webb and why he'd fit the Chiefs system and why wow. Kansas City should maybe, you know, nab him uh, late in the draft and, you know, put him on the practice squad, make him a guy, you know, make him play behind guys like Legereus Sneed, Rashad Fenton, let him develop. But, no, obviously the, the Las Vegas Raiders had bigger plans for him, you know, picked him up as an undrafted free agent, uh, was signed relatively quickly, you know, about a half hour after the draft was done. And, uh, yeah, you know, the guys worked hard all of his life, um, you know, uh, played offense and defense uh, in high school there at Excel your spring you know he talks about choosing missouri western because it felt like home to him it was close to home 
And, you know, he redshirted. You know, he'd been on campus a long time. Uh, 2016 was his first year here in St. Joe. But then 2017 as a redshirt freshman, eight starts, three interceptions, had a 99-yard pick six his first year. I mean, I think his ability to score uh, has been a big thing. He had uh, 12 pass breakups in 2019, had a pick six that year. Uh, uh, All MIAA honors three different times. Um, But yeah, again, I think what uh, caught people's eye was you know, maybe he probably needs to bulk up a little bit. I'm sure he did a little of that in camp. But, you know, going forward, probably needs to be a little bigger, a little more physical going against NFL receivers. But just his natural length. And, uh, boy, did we see his ability to hit, too, in that Miami game. He yes. picked up his own forced fumble. So, uh, yeah, I've been reading, you know, Chiefs training camps here in St. Joe. And, uh, you know, we covered that every single day. So didn't have the chance always to see what was going on with Raiders camp. But once in a while – You'd you know, see tweets and videos like, hey, Sam Webb, Sam Webb's making a splash. And, uh, yeah, again, just a really cool story. Yeah, and he got robbed on that uh, on that fumble that he caused in Miami yeah, because they, it clearly was a fumble and a, a return, and it would have been a touchdown. So that goes back to the ball skills. So, Tommy, from everything you're, you're saying to me, when I tell you that he worked his tail off and did everything that the coaches asked him to and then some in training camp, that would not come to you as a surprise. No, not really. And uh, just like for clear clarity sake and context sake, this is only my uh, going on my second year as voice of the Griffin, so I got to cover Sam Webb in his final year. And, and again, the stats didn't really jump off the page, but again, I think that goes back to the the teams in the MIAA just knew not to throw to him. And you know, and Missouri Western made plenty of mistakes last year in a six and five record, but never did was there you know a blown coverage or Sam Webb getting beat over the top, nothing like that. Again kind of just a lockdown corner. People just chose not to throw to him, but that's not to say he didn't make plays last year. 30 total tackles, six pass breakups, and uh, he was second on the team with that in a quiet year. And uh, he also blocked a couple of kicks, blocked a uh, field goal against Pittsburgh State, blocked a point after in another game. So, again, I think it's also, yeah, it just goes back to being multifaceted. He contributed on special teams, which is an NFL rookie, the big deal, had that kickoff return for a touchdown in the 2020 season. That was virtually canceled so uh yeah it's, it's not a surprise to know that you know the guy's worked his way up and uh it just seems like from what i've gathered in his time there in las vegas much like his time at missouri western any opportunities given he's gonna make the most of it and uh it's just yeah really cool to see i got to interview sam uh, a couple times during the season last year and then i got to talk to him on the phone uh the morning after he got signed as an undrafted free agent and uh yeah, it's just it's an exciting time, you know. Uh, Missouri Western. I think football fans generally know this. You know, our arch rivals, Northwest Missouri State, forty minutes up the road, multinational championship winning program. Griffins haven't quite been to that pedigree. They haven't been to the playoffs in ten years. They've never won a national title. They've gotten beat by Northwest the last ten years. But at the same time, Missouri Western football, like you look at Division two around the nation. It, I'm not. It's not just me saying this. The MIAA is the best athletic. Division II conference in the nation. I don't think it's close. And you look at the, our facilities here in St. Joseph, and you know, Chiefs personnel will tell you this because they practice here for three weeks. I, I think our facilities rival small Division One uh, in some cases. And so, you know, yeah, you know, it is a small kind of a small college story. Obviously, enrollment's not very big, but uh, one of four Griffins currently in the NFL. So I think that speaks well to what Missouri Western has been able to do, especially in this modern era. Talking right now with the radio voice of Missouri Western Athletics, Tommy Rajak here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got a question for you. Yeah, Tommy, with Sam Webb making the team and also some former Griffins being in the NFL, what's the message there, or do you know, with the coaching staff? And, hey, you guys can make it to the league also because we're so close to the Chiefs as well. 
Yeah, no, I think that's uh, an interest. That's an excellent point. I mentioned uh, Brandon Dandridge, a corner, and he was actually a teammate of Sam Webb. Sam Webb and Brandon Dandridge were all MIAA defensive backs in the 2018 season, which was the second year of current head coach Matt Williamson. And so I interviewed Dandridge at the training camp, and uh, he had talked about uh, Dandridge was invited to speak to the Griffins uh, their first week of fall camp. So Missouri Western started their camp August 8th, and they kind of have to share facilities with the Chiefs during that time, which is kind of interesting. But, no, really cool for Dandridge, a guy who had played with Sam Webb, played in a Griffin uniform, came back in a Chiefs uniform, and I asked Brandon, I said, hey, you guys were teammates. Do you guys get to talk? Have you talked to him since being signed? And he's like, yeah, you know, we talk when we can. We're both really busy, but he's like, not surprised. You know, Dandridge is a Kansas City guy, graduated Blue Springs South. Um, and I said Sam Webb came from Excelsior Springs. So they grew up, you know, re- relatively the same area. We're on the same team, started together, probably on the same roster, three uh, three years total. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, and having Dandridge there when he was on the Chiefs roster, getting him there to talk uh, to this current team, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, again, I, I brought up Northwest Missouri State. New England Patriots signed a defensive lineman, Sam Roberts, in the sixth round. He made the Patriots roster this week. It's same conference, right? Northwest and Missouri Western, 40 minutes apart, very comparable. Caden Davis, the receiver from Northwest Missouri State, he got signed uh, to a 53-man roster with uh, the Denver Broncos, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's possible. I think, what, five or six guys this past draft from Division Two uh, got uh, drafted. And the Kansas City Chiefs are a perfect example. Obviously, the Raiders quite familiar with the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> Joshua Williams, uh, uh, a guy from uh, Valdosta State Division Two or Fayetteville State, I'm sorry, and then Jody Forston uh, on the Chiefs. He's from Valdosta State. So, you know, that's just a, a glimpse, you know, in this division, the AFC West, that, yeah, you know, it's uh, it, the, the fall-off, like I said, from small D1 to high D2, like the MIAA, it's really the talent level isn't as different as people might think it is. And I think guys like Sam Webb and, uh, you know, Jonathan Owens or um, uh, J- uh, Jody Forston and others, yeah, perfect example of that. All right, Tommy. Also, I'm just curious about this because the Chiefs and the Griffins were sa- were sharing the same facilities. Did they ever get to match up with them, or was it <laughs> like did they get to share the field at all? Um, not a whole lot, to be honest with you. Missouri Western's always a little bit. They always get a little anxious toward the end of camp because they're ready to, you know, because they like to practice in the morning and kind of use their fields and use their locker rooms to full extent. I mean, it's cool, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's national, even international exposure for uh, Griffin football and Missouri Western State University, but uh, no, they don't They don't match them up. Uh, it's it's funny, though. It's, it's really cool to see just how involved though the Chiefs get. Like, I remember the Chiefs corners were practicing at St. Joseph Christian High School on their field, and then Harrison Butker was helping Missouri Western specialists one day uh, after camp in the afternoon, and so uh, no, unfortunately, no head-to-head matchups. That would be fun, I think, that if you did like a little scrimmage like fourth stringers versus missouri western starters let's see what happens i mean people would show out for that that would be uh, a lot of fun but uh yeah it is cool i mean uh you know coach williamson gets asked about it all the time and uh yeah like i said for a program that's that's trying to catch northwest missouri state having that uh having that advantage of hosting nfl training camp you know it's not a guarantee you know there's only six or seven teams in the nfl that actually travel outside their city for camp the chiefs are one of them Andy Reid loves coming to St. Joe. He's always so complimentary of Missouri Western and and their um, and their hospitality. And I'll tell you, for living in the city two years, you know, every July, you know, city leaders, everyone gets excited. They roll out the red carpet, and uh, yeah, it's cool. Even if Webb isn't on the Chiefs, stories like Sam Webb, you know, to see them go on to the next level and represent the black and gold in the highest level of football, yeah, certainly a really cool deal. 
Well, see, he just turned in the he he traded in the black and gold for silver and black. I mean, you know, it's just <laughs> it's just it's just that simple. And Tommy, I mean, it really. I mean, as we're talking, and I've got so many text messages from people listening right now, and they're like, "Man, the Raiders literally stole this dude from the Chiefs." I mean, that's that's going to end up being a storyline told during the regular season that the silver and black found a way to steal this guy right out of the Chiefs' own backyard. Yeah, like I said, uh, you know, I said earlier in the segment that Mitch Holtis did this two-minute uh, video feature. It was on the Chiefs' official YouTube channel. I forget what it was called. It's like small college guys that I like or, you know, guys that are on the radar, like sneaking under the radar that the Chiefs should watch for. And, you know, it's Mitch Holtis giving this fully-throated endorsement. Sam Webb, here's why I like Sam Webb, showing his highlights. You know, Brett Beach, go get him. And, yeah, I mean, I, I literally I canceled plans with my family the final day of the draft on Saturday because I thought he was going to get drafted, and I thought there was a good chance the Chiefs would get him. And the Chiefs, as we saw, got a couple of rookie corners in the draft, and, uh, Joshua Williams and Trent McDuffie, but not Sam Webb. And I was a little surprised, not surprised that he got signed. And, yeah, it was obviously a little bit ironic. I think I asked Sam about it. I was like, you know, you're from Excelsior Springs. Your family's all Chiefs fans. You grew up a Chiefs fan, and here you are playing for a rival. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of funny how that works. But, uh, you know, uh, when you go undrafted, it's like, you know, and you feel like you're capable, you'll you'll take the opportunity wherever they come. And certainly, uh, looking at it now, it certainly paid off for him. Guaranteed to be a Raider legend now. <laughs> that's, just, that's just how it's going to be. No, this Hey, this has been great stuff, Tommy. I mean, a lot of stuff that you uh, you, you let us know about, we had no idea. So uh, this is this has been great. Thanks so much for uh, joining us this afternoon. What, what did you say you're working on? I know you said that, uh, you know, like the football season is getting ready to get started. What are you working on right now? Yeah, basically Missouri Western, they'll kick off uh, tomorrow under the lights. Thursday night's going to be a fun game. Central Oklahoma Ooh. is in town, and uh, that's actually an interesting game because uh, Adam Doral, who was previously the coach at Abilene Christian, Doral won three national titles at Northwest Missouri State, our wow. rival I told you about. So he's the head coach of Central Oklahoma. They come in uh, to town, football opener at the start of year two for me as a uh, voice of the Griffin. So really, really excited, uh, going to go home and, probably pour a drink, put on the office, and do my Griffin notes. Um, you know, going to kind of dig in and study this roster. Uh, really excited. I think it's going to be a good year. And high school football huge here in uh, northwest Missouri. Yeah. That started last week. So high school football on Friday. And then I'm a Nebraska native. Um, actually, then I'm oh. headed to uh, Lincoln Saturday to go to that game. So um, yeah, maybe a little less intriguing than right. it was a week ago. But, uh, <laughs> you know, this is the greatest time of year, you know. Uh, and then obviously the Chiefs will open in a week or so. And, we're a Chiefs affiliate here at KFEQ, so uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's a little crazy because you got other sports and other things to do, but yeah, football kind of you know is king in this area, and uh, it's just it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I have no doubt about it, man. Well, you're doing some great work. Uh, clearly, you're very busy. That's awesome. I'm not even going to start giving any digs at you about Nebraska and Scott Frost because, well, you've heard everyone I can hit you with, so I'm not going to even go there. But, uh, man, keep doing what you're doing, man. Congratulations on year two there with the Griffins, and keep up the work, and we'll talk soon, my man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. I really appreciate this opportunity, and glad to hear the, the text messages. Glad I could uh, speak to your audience today, and uh, wish uh, the best of luck to Raiders Nation this year. There you go. Thanks a lot. There he goes. Tommy Rajak right there, the radio voice of the Missouri Western Griffins and uh, the home of one Sam Webb. And look, there's a lot of nuggets there. I knew a lot of nuggets, but there's a lot of nuggets that he just gave us that I knew nothing about. So uh, many thanks to Tommy for joining us. And that's the kind of information that you'll get here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Matter of fact, speaking of something, let's go ahead and hook you up.
Let's give you some tickets right now. Motley Crue, Poison, Def Leppard, Joan Jett, and the and the is it the Blackheart still? Isn't that, or is it just Joan Jett? I better make sure it's only Joan Jett. I can't guarantee the Blackhearts are rolling behind her, but I know that's what it used to be back in the day. Anyway, they're going to be in concert September 9th at Allegiant Stadium. You want to be there, call number 9 is what I'm looking for right now, 702-365-9200. Again, call number 9 is 702-365-9200. You want to go to that fat concert? We got you. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. Got a tweet from Raider Dog 76. Listening to your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio 920. Apparently, we stole Sam Webb from the Chiefs right out their own backyard. Let's go. Hashtag Las Vegas Raiders. And yeah, man, that was really cool. Have an opportunity to talk to the voice of the Missouri Western Athletics, the Griffins, Tommy Rajak, and to know that Sam Webb was right there in not only the Kansas City Chiefs, but an AFC West rival's backyard. Right there where they practice. Think about that. They hold training camp right there. They have Andy Reid there all the time. The voice of the Chiefs was basically pounding the table for Sam Webb, and he ends up in Las Vegas with the Raiders. That is that is the, the, the making of a great story. Now, obviously, can't praise him too much. He's, he, he made the 53-man roster. That's the first battle. That's the first hill to overcome. There's a long way to go. But, man, that's the making of a great story, isn't it? That's, that's exciting. I didn't know all that when I planned that interview. I, I've, I reached out because I wanted to do a little bit of deep diving on Sam Webb, but I didn't know I was going to get that many good nuggets out of Tommy. Shout out to my man Pegleg Raider, who uh, also hit me up on the text. Dude, I'm dying. Who else could have got this content? Where else do you find out that we post a kid from our rival? Go Red Polo Day. And he said he's also still laughing over baby mama of Q. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> I probably could have worded that a little differently, but, you know, I can't do everything right. Got a text from uh, Z Raider, newbie to texting. He said, New England always seems to receive compensatory picks. I'm thinking cutting ties this early with Leatherwood may help get those picks for the Raiders, and that played into the decision to release some thoughts. I think there was a lot that played into the decision to, re- re- uh, to release Alex Leatherwood, who ultimately got picked up by the Chicago Bears off waivers. I know I haven't even brought that up on the show yet. It's been heavily talked about throughout the day, but he gets picked up off waivers by Chicago, which ultimately saves the Raiders about five point something million dollars, five point nine, I believe, in dead cap hit. Now they still are, you know, got some dead cap money from the signing bonus that they gave Alex Leatherwood, but it's not nearly as bad as what it looked like it was yesterday. And we talked about it. I think that he's a NFL offensive lineman. I just don't think he's an NFL offensive lineman with the Raiders because their expectations are too high. You know, Josh McDaniels talked about that during the presser earlier today that, hey, they gave him every opportunity. They gave everybody an opportunity to, to, to earn their spot. Some guys did. Some guys didn't. So, yeah, that was, that was big that, that Chicago picked him up off of waivers. Uh, also got a text from uh, Glenn in San Jose. What up, Q and DeMond? Jason will be just fine. I'm glad the preseason's behind us. The time for talk is over. In the words of the great one, The Rock, it's time to put boots to asses. Let's go, Raiders. I should have let DeMond do that one. I should have let DeMond, who's currently on the phone right now, I should have let him um, do that response right there. That would have been good. He would have said it a lot better than me. Operator Raider said, Jason Horowitz has been doing his own touchdown call, hasn't he? He yells, TDLV. Yep, you're absolutely right about that. We talked about that. Raider at T hit us up about that as well. And, yeah, and, and like I said, whatever he – comes up with what, however he decides to do his things, he's going to do it 
in his own way, and I could totally appreciate that. Uh, also, the Raiders sent over their official list of uh, practice squad additions, and I think Heidi Fang had just about every single one of them. So you uh, got I got to give her a lot of credit. Again, you can hear Heidi every single morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Vinny Bonsignor. Speaking of Vinny Bonsignor, good segue. He'll be coming up in a matter of minutes joining the show. But Curtis Bolton, the linebacker, Isaiah Ike Brown, the cornerback, Bryce Cosby, the cornerback, Matthias Farley, the safety, Cole Fotheringham, the tight end, Chase Garber's quarterback, Hironis Grasso, the center, Jordan Meredith, the guard, Bam Olasini, the tackle, Dylan Stoner, wide receiver, Myron Tagovailoa Amosa, defensive end, Zach Van Valkenburg, defensive end, Austin Walter, running back, and Isaiah Zuber, wide receiver. Yeah, Heidi had every one of them. <laughs> Heidi had every one of them just by looking through her lens. So those are the ones that have been re-signed to the practice squad. And it's so funny. Those are 14, right? 14 players. Anyone who was listening to the show yesterday, we, we talked to John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. I asked him about how tough it is for players to lose their jobs. And he said, it's tough. I've been covering the league for a long time. But about 14 of those guys will get re-signed to the practice squad. How many got re-signed? 14. That's pretty funny. That's the great John McClain. But he said that. You can go back and listen to the interview. First question I asked him yesterday. He joined us at 3 o'clock. Go back and, and listen if you want. I promise you, he said, about 14 of those guys will be re-signed to the practice squad. And they are. And that could help. And remember, and I know there's only 16 spots on the practice squad, you can have veterans. You can have up to four veterans on the on the the practice squad as well. So a guy like a Keelan Cole, maybe he ends up back on the practice squad. You know, I mean, you just don't know. There, there's an opportunity for guys that are vets that were released to end up on the on the practice squad. So, uh, yeah, good stuff right there. And uh, we tweeted it out at your boy Q254 at r 920 AM. We uh, tweeted out the official list of practice squad additions. Real quick, let's go out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to the show, brother. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, DC. What team in NFL history has ever had a 4,000-yard quarterback, a 1,000-yard running back, a 1,000-plus-yard slot receiver, a top-five tight end, and top-five wide receiver? I mean, is that the Niners in the 80s? What team has ever been able to say that they've got that? Man, that's a great question. And, I mean, yeah, I think of the Niners, uh, you know, Joe Montana, uh, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Roger Craig. I mean, I think of those teams. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And then, of course, Dwight Clark. No, don't forget that that great player. Um, yeah, I, that's what I think of as well. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this really has the potential of being something generational for Raider Nation. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. <laughs> as you should be, man. As great Raider Dave Denver, do you have the answer? <laughs> I don't. I just thought of that today. I'm like, look at this. Look at the warriors they have on this squad. You yep. said earlier you were worried about you know have people call in and say what part of this you know f- do you have fear going into the season? Yeah, concerns. I'm yep. so happy. I, I'm so happy with all the all the changes in the defensive backfield. I just didn't think that the Raiders were going to get very far because I didn't think they could hold a lead with somebody passing the ball deep late. It just didn't seem to work well. Mullen or whoever was in there, it just didn't seem to be, you know, what Raider Nation had years and years and years ago when it was all shut down type yeah. stuff. But, you know, the linebackers are the ones that are really going to dictate uh, whether or not they can get off blocks because they're going to play teams, they're going to get to second level. Uh, that's going to end up, you know, being a real big deal. But I, I've got to say that I, I really do like this defensive backfield. I'm so inspired by the youth, man. 
Yeah, I am too. Uh, and thank you for the call, Raider Dave. It's great to hear from you. And, yeah, I think the secondary is much improved over what it was a year ago, right? I mean, you go look and see what it was a year ago. It, it was they, – they, they did a good job putting pieces together. And Casey Hayward, you got to shout him out because he was obviously the leader of the secondary. Nate Hobbs did a good job from the slot. But just having Nate Hobbs on the outside I think is going to be a big deal. Right, and, and he can obviously slide inside anytime he wants. So there's going to be times where you see Nate at the in the slot. You're going to see Nate outside. I mean, there's different options, but uh, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable with Rocky Sin being able to play that that uh, you know that press man coverage type guy. You know, I'm I'm comfortable with at some point Sam Webb getting comfortable out there. Anthony Averett, a guy that went out there and proved some things with Baltimore, a guy that I didn't even think was going to make the roster, made the roster. So, obviously, they see a lot from them, too. So, uh, yeah, I think that the secondary has done a lot better job, and I think that the safeties are better as well. Trayvon Merrick returns, but I think Jerron Harmon's a big deal. Jonathan Abram playing the role that, that Patrick Graham has uh, set up for him, I think that's a big deal. Those are going to be some, some positions to pay attention to. And Roderick Teamer, uh, he's a guy that just brings a little physicality, a lot of physicality to the table. 3.57 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number three of the show. We'll talk all things Raiders with Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also the morning tailgate here on Raider Nation Radio 920.